जय यशोदनंदना जय व्रजजन रंजना जय यशोदनंदना जय व्रजजन रंजना जय यमुनतिरवन चारी जयो कुंज बिहारी जयो यमुनतिरवन चारी जयो कुंज बिहारी जयो राधवा जयो कुंज बिहारी जयो राधवा जयो कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जन वल्लभ जयो गिरीवरदारी जयो गिरीवरदारी जय गोपी जन वल्लभ जयो गिरीवरदारी जयो गिरीवरदारी जय यशोदनंदना जय व्रजजन रंजना 
जयो यमुना तिरवन चारी जयो कुंज बिहारी जयो यमुना तिरवन चारी जयो कुंज बिहारी हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जयो प्रभु पदा जयो प्रभु पदा जयो प्रभु पदा श्रीला प्रभु पदा जयो जयो प्रभु पद प्रभु पद प्रभु पद जयो जयो प्रभु पद जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमांश परिजागचर्यास्तोत्र सत्यश्री एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमांश परिजागचर्यास्तोत्र सत्यश्री भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वती गोस्वामी श्रील प्रभुपाद की आनंदकोटि वैष्णवृंद की नामाचार्य श्रील हरिदास ठाकुर की प्रेम से कहो श्रीकृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासरी गौर भक्तवृंद की श्री श्री राधाकृष्ण गोप गोप गोपीनाथ श्यामकुन राधाकुन गिरी गोवर्धा की वृंदावन धाम की मायापूर धाम की जगन्नाथपुरी की गंगमय की यमुनमय की भक्तिदेवी की तुलसी महाराणी की हरिनाम संकीर्ता की ऑल ग्लोरिस्ट असेंबल डिवोटी ऑल ग्लोरिस्ट असेंबल डिवोटी ऑल ग्लोरिस्ट असेंबल डिवोटी ऑल ग्लोरिस्ट श्री गुरु एंड श्री गौरंग ऑल ग्लोरिस्ट श्रील प्रभुपा जाय
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर एट the lord slays the king of the demons and text number 13 soham vikattamanasya sirahas kaya daramite gopayeta haristwadya yaste sharanam ipsitam सोहम विकमानिरादरामिते गोपाएत हरिस्वाद्यास्ते शरणीत सोहम विकमानिरादरामिते गोपाएत हरिस्वाद्यास्ते शरण ईप्सित विकमानिरायतनाथे सोहम विकमानिरायतनाथेस्वाद्यास्तेषणमीक्षितैषणमीक्षितैषणमीक्षितैष्णवी सोहम सोहम 
सह ही अहम आय विकर्तमान्य हु आर स्पीकिंग सच नॉन्सेंस शिरह द हेड कायद फ्रॉम द बॉडी हरामी आई शेल टेक अवे थे ऑफ यू गोपायता लेट हिम प्रोटेक्ट हरि ही द सुप्रीम पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड त्वा यू अद्य नाव यी हु ते यो शरण प्रोटेक्ट ईप्सिम डिजायर ट्रांसलेषन एंड पर्पोर्ट बाइज डिवैन ग्रेस एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्रील प्रभुपुर I'll read first, then we'll do it responsibly. Because you are speaking so much nonsense, I shall. I can't see. Because you are speaking so much nonsense, I shall now sever your head from your body. Now let me see your most worshipable God come to protect you. I want to see it responsibly. Because you are speaking. so much nonsense i shall now sever your head from your body now let me see your most worshipable god come to protect you i want to see it purport sri la prabhupad by sri la prabhupad demons always think that the god of the devotees is fictitious they think that there is no god and that the so called religious feeling of devotion to god is but an opiate a kind of illusion like the illusions derived from lsd and opium hiranyakashipu did not believe pralad maharaj when pralad asserted that his lord is present everywhere because hiranyakashipu as a typical demon was convinced that there is no god and that no one could protect pralad he felt encouraged to kill his son he challenged the idea that the devotee is always protected by the supreme lord ओम ज्ञानतिमिरंदस्यज्ञानंजनाशलाकयाचक्षुरुन्मिलितमेनातस्मैश्रीगुरुवेनमःश्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्टमस्थापितमेनभूतलेस्व
So Hiranyakashipu is saying there's no God. Is there God? Brahma sings, Venum konantam aravinda dalaya taksham, Barahavatam asitam buddha sundarangam, Kandarpa koti kamaniya sheshashobam, Govinda madi purusham tamaham bajami. This verse actually describes God, his features. So I am Bhagavan. Venum konantam, what does that mean? He's playing his flute, okay, his transcendental flute. He is enchanting the heart and minds of the inhabitants of the spiritual sky. And then what's the next one? Venum Kanantam, Aravinda Dalaya Taksha means. His eyes, he's got beautiful eyes resembling the lotus petals, beautiful lotus petals. Okay, and what's the next line? Barha. Venum Kanantam Aravinda Dalaya Taksham Baraha Vatamsam Asitam Buddha Sundarangam. He's got a complexion which is fresh, dark monsoon cloud, and his head is bedecked with peacock feather. Kandarpa Koti Kamaniya Shesha Shobham. What does that mean? Millions of gopis cannot match his beauty. Millions of cupids, sorry, millions of cupids cannot match his beauty. Lord Brahma then also sings, Chintamani prakara satmasukalpa vriksha laksha vritesu surabira vipalayantam Lakshmi sahasra satasambrahma sevyamanam govinda madhi purusham tamaham bhajami. His abode, now this verse talks about his abode and what he's doing. Okay. His abode is full of touchstones, precious gems all over. And he is Chintamani Prakara, Satmasukalpa Vriksha. And there are lots of full, uh, wish fulfilling trees. Lakshavrite Susurabhirabhi Palayantam, what does that mean? He's tending to many, many millions of Surabhi cows who are giving unlimited supplies to the inhabitants. And the next line, Laksha Vritesu Surabhira Bipalayantam, Lakshmi Sahasra Satasambrahma Sevyamanam. That means he is being served by hundreds and millions and trillions of gopis who are actually Lakshmis. Right. So this is very clearly saying that God exists. It is so specific to actually describe how God even looks like. Right. I don't think any other religion out there actually gives such a vivid description of God. That's the difference of the Krishna conscious movement of the Shastras, that it, it gives us so much clarity to actually put a picture of God in our mind. And um, all this is happening in the spiritual sky, even today. Well, what are we doing here? Right. One time, long, long time ago, we were all there. Okay, just like many other jivas, we were all there serving God in loving devotion. 
Somewhere in some blissful corner of the spiritual sky, maybe a microscopic speck of dust somewhere over there, I don't know, whatever swarup that all of you have. So, something happened. These jivas, certain jivas, decided that they want to enjoy like Krishna. And the moment that decision was made to enjoy separately from Krishna, we fell. We fell to the material world. So the material world at that time did not exist, but because of our desire to enjoy separately from Krishna, that arrangement was made by the Lord very mercifully to actually create the material world and say, all right, you go. You go and see how funful it is where you can enjoy separately from me. So we landed. The moment we came in contact with the material world, conditioning life began. So, Krishna's Daivi Prakriti, Maya, is keeping us encased, encased within the spiritual world. And at that time, if you think about it, when the material world was first created, you would think that everything within the material world would have been very subtle. Even the material, it would have been very subtle. Right. But, the extreme strong desire by the conditioned living entities to want to lord over material nature, to be forgetful of Krishna, and to enjoy separately from Him, kept these conditioned living entities entrapped in the material world to go through repeated cycles of birth, death, old age, disease. Right? And it's still keeping. Right? And life after life after life, lifetime after lifetime, millennium after millennium, yuga after yuga, this, go, this process of repeated birth and death is happening and we are all entrapped in it. The modes of um, the modes of nature, sattva, tamas, rajas, they are acting according to their propensities to actually shift as and when the the jivas uh, are displaying their their propensity to enjoy separately from Krishna. The subtlety of the material world from the beginning, because of these jivas wanting to be separate, started becoming more gross and gross. There was a shift from being in the mode of goodness to passion to ignorance. And that stems from the defective process that the jiva started accumulating knowledge within the material world. When we talk about the theory of knowledge, there are two processes of acquiring knowledge. One is the upward process called, Prabhupada calls in, in, the, in the scriptures, Prabhupada in his various lectures has says, the upward process of acquiring knowledge is called Aroha Panta, upward process. Then there's a downward process. From top it comes down, knowledge comes down that way. It's called Avaroha Panta. 
So upwards is Aroha Pantha, downwards is Avaroha Pantha. And in this theory of knowledge, as knowledge is being acquired, that knowledge is based on evidence that is produced. Evidence is gathered. Now evidence, again, there are three ways of gathering evidence. One is Pratyaksha Praman. Pratyaksha Praman refers to using our senses to believe what we see. What do we see, we believe. Right? If someone shows you a chair and says, this is a chair, then you register, oh, this is a picture of a chair. I can register, I can believe. Chair, write down. Okay. See a plane flying in the sky, even though it's made of metal, you believe, even though metal doesn't float, but because you see it, oh, there's a plane flying in the sky. But the Bhagavatam, Kardamamuni was actually floating in city. Not just a plane, a city, lakes, gardens, buildings, roads, everything, a city. Okay? Would we believe? No, because we don't see it. Okay? Or rather, we'd believe, but the, the non-devotees would find it hard to believe. They'll say, let's call someone to put you in a straight jacket. That's Pratyaksha Praman. Then there is Anumana Praman, where evidence is gathered based on inferences. Experiments are done, you know, thesis, you know, nathi, nathi, not this, not this, and then based on statistical evidence, a conclusion is drawn, which is sometimes correct, sometimes incorrect. And even when sometimes it is correct, it is only temporary before time, it could also become incorrect. Prabhupada gives the example of a child wanting to know who the father is. Okay. This method of experimenting can we go and find all the males in the whole world and then try to do test DNA and see who's the father. And still the outcome would be probably incorrect. But then, Prabhupada says, the easier way would be just go to the mother and say, who's my father? The mother would just authoritatively say, so-and-so is your father. That's Anumana Praman. Now, both are actually based on sensory perception. Then there is Shabda Praman. Shabda Praman is where it is based on Vedic wisdom coming down from an authoritative source. So, even that is based on sensory perception, but the difference is Shabda Praman is connected to Guru, Sadhu, Shastra and to Krishna. That is the big difference compared to Pratyaksha Praman and Anuman Praman. So, in that sense, it is putting faith in Shabda Praman saying that, okay, I am ignorant, I am going to trust the Vedas, I am going to trust the uh, scriptural injunctions and keeping an open mind about it. Because script, uh, the scriptures actually are revealing to us information which doesn't fit into our conditioned mind. It's actually challenging our thought process. In practicing Krishna consciousness, we are actually breaking through our comfort zone.
because our comfort zone is where we are comfortable, we are believing in some range of thoughts. But here comes this new information or old information which has always been there, which we are now exposed to. It breaks through this comfort zone. Ascending process of knowledge, the Aroha Pantha leads to ignorance. Lust, anger, greed, illusion, envy, all these are symptoms of ignorance. And we see that here, where Hiranyakashipu is displaying all this ignorance. I want to see God. Show me. Right? Even if God is in front of him, he won't be able to see because he is blinded by anger, he is blinded by ignorance. Just like Duryodhan. He was actually, uh, Krishna was present before him. But Duryodhan never saw Krishna as God. Right? Because of that blindness. Now, interestingly, if you think back in the earlier chapters of this canto, Hiranyakashipu was very, very angry towards Lord Vishnu for having killed his brother, Hiranyaksha. Right? And he vowed revenge. He said, I will kill Lord Vishnu. But then now you see the focus is on anger towards his son. So what happened to his anger towards Lord Vishnu? Interestingly, Kento 8, chapter 19, actually reveals that seeing Hiranyakashipu so, so angry, Lord Vishnu actually showed him compassion by saying, this Hiranyakashipu, he is so angry at me. To be merciful to him, I will actually disappear from his external view. For pacifying that anger within Hiranyakashipu. And how did, the, how did Lord Vishnu do that? It's stated in that chapter 19 where the Lord actually, because Hiranyakashipu was going around everywhere, searching, hunting for Lord Vishnu, where is he, where is he? And he was breathing heavily, very angrily. Where is he, where is he? Hunting the planets, the, the earth, the, the oceans, the, all other uni universes. But he could not find Lord Vishnu. Why? Because the Lord, out of that mercy to actually pacify him, to subdue his anger, the Lord through his nostril, through his breath, in a subtle form, Lord Vishnu actually entered Hiranyakashipu. That's why Lord Vishnu, that's why Hiranyakashipu could not see Lord Vishnu. In fact, within his own body, he was carrying Lord Vishnu. Paramatma was already there. Paramatma is in everybody. Okay. And now Lord Vishnu in his subtle form also entered the body of Hiranyakashipu. 
So there's no way Hiranyakashipu was going to find Lord Vishnu. And therefore Hiranyakashipu concluded God is dead. Because he couldn't find Lord Vishnu anywhere. Right? So ignorance does this to one who is caught up in uh, the material world, trying to lord over material nature, trying to enjoy separately from the Lord. But on the other side, we have the pure devotees. The pure devotees are always seeing the Lord everywhere in separation and also when the Lord manifests to their divine eyes. To their eyes which are, like yesterday's verse, Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanena, eyes which are filled with the salve of love. To them, to their vision, the Lord is everywhere. Just like Prahlad Maharaj in chapter 4, when his qualities were actually described, we see that uh, he was seeing the Lord everywhere, and in fact, he was amazed that he, he could not understand how the material world could function with its activities of sense, sense gratification. He was so detached from that material because he saw the Lord at a transcendental level in everything and in everywhere. And he gives, chapter 4 gives the analogy where just like a child is separated from the mother, the child cries in separation, and when the mother comes back, the child is happy. Similarly, these kind of ecstatic symptoms Prahlad Maharaj was always displaying. And when, when he is feeling the ecstasy, he imitates the pastimes of the Lord. And this is the mood that even Lord Chaitanya came in. Lord Chaitanya, we know, is Krishna himself, but he came in the mood of his topmost devotee, Srimati Radharani, to actually display Vipralamba Seva, worship in separation, love in separation, by seeing him everywhere. The same mood that Srimati Radharani experienced, the separation that she felt when Krishna left Vrindavan to go to Mathura, the same mood Lord Chaitanya was displaying in seeing Krishna in separation. Seventh sloka of Shikshasakam, what does it say? Yuga Yitam Nimishena Chakshusha Pravishayitam Sunyayitam Jagat Sarvam Govinda Virahina Me. Govinda Virahina Me. Oh my Lord, because of my intense separation from you, a moment seems like a millennium. Chakshusha Pravichvayatam. What does that mean? It means that his eyes are filled with tears and these tears are pouring down like torrents of rain because of that intense separation. Seeing him in separation. Sunyayatam Jagat Sarvam. The whole existence, the whole world is void. It's nothing without Krishna. 
that's how Lord Chaitanya was seeing everywhere Krishna. And in, in, in Puri, in Gambira, Gadadhar Pandit, he would say, where is Krishna, where is Krishna? Who, I mean, not Gadadhar Pandit, Lord Chaitanya would ask, where is Krishna, where is Krishna? Gadadhar Pandit would say, he's in your heart, my Lord. Is he in my heart? And Lord Chaitanya then tries to scratch and see, break open his heart. That's the intensity that he felt in separation, love in separation, Vipralamba Seva. Same with the gopis in Canto 10, we see there's a whole chapter where they are searching for Krishna, blissfully searching for him in separation. They're going around, Krishna appears and then he disappears to increase their devotion to him. And then they're going around searching the whole of Vrindavan. They're saying, looking at the trees, the trees' branches are all like bending down. They say, oh, you trees, your branches are bending down, which means you have paid obeisances to him. Did he come by this way? Then there's your walk, walking, searching, where is he, where is he? They see footprints, his footprints on Mother Earth. Then they say, oh, how Mother Earth, what austerities have you performed to actually get the blessings of his footprints on the face of your earth. They imitate his pastimes. That's blissful love in separation. Same with our Goswamis. Goswamis didn't, they were in Vrindavan, they were not going around saying, I've seen Krishna. They were always in separation, where is he? Out of love. They always saw Krishna everywhere, every corner. In fact, Srila Rupa Goswami says in Padhyavali, he says, if I am given the option to see Krishna in one place or to see him everywhere, he says, I will choose the option to see him everywhere because if I see him in one place, he's just there one place. But if I can see him everywhere, I rather have that option where I can see him everywhere in all aspects. I'm constantly in remembrance of him. That's the mood of our acharyas. That's the mood of the of the um, liberated souls, the pure devotees. And then we have our own Prabhupada himself. We have we read in Lila Mirta and various lectures and memories of devotees as to how he has displayed this Vipralamba Seva love in separation. In fact, 21st of March, 1967, San Francisco, Prabhupada had just given a lecture on Srimad Bhagavatam, devotees were there, he was on the Vyasa Sun. And then, Govinda Dasi, she timidly put up her hand and said, Prabhupada, can you please explain how Lord Chaitanya was seeing Krishna in separation? She put up her hand timidly because she didn't know whether that was an appropriate question to ask Prabhupada. Prabhupada immediately said, excellent question, very good question. Then he started describing that, yes, Lord Chaitanya's philosophy is all about seeing Krishna in separation. And then he talked about the Goswamis of Vrindavan where they also saw Krishna in separation. Then something magical happened. Prabhupada at that time, after having said that, he started displaying this very mood of love in separation. He closed his eyes, 
He was seated in the Vyasasan. He was very quiet. The whole room was quiet. For three to four minutes, nothing happened. No one who was watching Prabhupada could take their eyes off him. They did not even turn to each other and look at each other. They were all transfixed on what they were witnessing. Prabhupada was withdrawing and he was displaying these ecstatic symptoms in separation. After the three or four minutes, he slowly came out of his external uh, consciousness and he said, okay, let's just have Kirtan. And then he started, Govinda Jaya Jaya, he started that. And the devotees were also amazed and that is famously called the Samadhi Lecture. So on one extreme we've got ignorance, the conditioned living entities blinded by ignorance and anger. And the other extreme we've got the pure devotees of the Lord where they see uh, the Lord in separation everywhere, their eyes are filled with love. So the question is, between these two extremes, where do we fit in? It's a personal question. Okay, because if we take a cross-section of our whole practicing community, we have every single person at different stages of their progress in Krishna Consciousness. Some might be just newcomers and they are just beginning to see uh, the beauty of Krishna Consciousness. They might say, I'm in total ignorance. There could be some who are like practicing Krishna Consciousness for many, many decades. They may see, yeah, I'm advanced a bit. I think I've made some progress. Yeah. So between the pendulum swinging left and right, you know, it's a personal assessment to actually position ourselves where we actually are. But even though this position may be different for many, many devotees, there are common denominators which keep us all on the same platform, the same uh, level. The first common denominator is for us to be in whatever position that we are today in our progress in Krishna Consciousness, we consciously have made the decision that we are ignorant. It was that conscious decision that we made some time ago that has allowed us to actually make some progress to where we are today and how we are continuing to progress. In fact, this is illustrated in the pastime of Kardama Muni and Devahuti and Lord Kapila. Kardama Muni, after having finished his household duties, he leaves the house. Then Mother Devahuti is with Lord Kapila in the ashram, Bindu Saravar. So life is peaceful. Lord Kapila is the plenary expansion of Krishna himself. So, Lord Kapila was, he appeared as a son to Kardamamuni and Devahuti. So here we have a situation where the Lord is in the house. Lord living with Mother Devahuti. 
So one day, Mother Devahuti approached Lord Kapila and said, and in fact it was a confession, a declaration. My Lord, I am so tired. I am so tired by the disturbances caused by my material senses. And because of my engagement in sense gratification, I have fallen into an abyss of ignorance. It is that declaration then triggered a transformation in her journey in Krishna consciousness. Because it was at that point where Lord Kapila then, where he saw his mother's uncontaminated desire for self-realization, he started talking about Bhakti Yoga and Shankya Yoga. Until then, he was just with her. So until we jivas acknowledge that we have fallen into an abyss of ignorance, that opening, that receptacle, that pathway to receive Krishna consciousness will not actually come into our heart and mind. That's the first acknowledgement. Then we got to acknowledge the fortune that we have that in this lifetime we are chanting Hare Krishna. That is not something that comes to everybody. That is a privilege that only comes to certain jivas like ourselves. Because Srimad Bhagavatam Kanto 3, chapter 33, text number 7 says, for one to be chanting Hare Krishna in this lifetime, that person in their previous lives has read all the Vedic literatures. In their previous lives has bathed in all the holy places of pilgrimages. In their previous lifetime has performed all Vedic sacrifices. Having done all that through the mercy of the Lord in this lifetime we are chanting Hare Krishna. That's our privileged position. But this chanting Hare Krishna, this philosophy, this Krishna consciousness is not for us to keep. In the mood of Lord Chaitanya, it is meant to be shared. Again, we acknowledge that we know this needs to be shared. Just like how in Canto 4, chapter 12, text 36, where it says, The doors of Vaikuntha are open to those who show mercy to other living entities. This Krishna consciousness is not for us to keep alone and just go back to Godhead alone. We are not Bhajana Nandis, we are Gostya Nandis. And therefore, we actually that verse talks about the Vaikuntha planets and how they are self-illuminating. The self-illumination of the Vaikuntha planets actually illuminates the suns, all the suns in the material sky. And the moon and the stars, they shine brightly at night because they get the reflection from the suns. 
So, for one who actually is sharing, who is giving this, is actually preparing oneself to enter into Vaikuntha. In Gajendra Moksha pastime, we know the pastime where Gajendra is fighting with the, with who? Crocodile. Okay, for how long? Thousand years. Alright? So, the fight is going on. Now, the crocodile is a water-based animal. Okay? Gajendra's food is caught in the water. Gajendra is a land-based animal. But the crocodile was winning because he was rightly situated in the water where he belonged. Gajendra being a land-based animal, he wasn't situated where he belonged and therefore he was losing that battle. Similarly, we are Krishna's marginal energy, Tatastha Shakti. We have got one foot in the spiritual world, we have got one foot in the material world. And as practitioners, we all acknowledge that we are trying hard to release this one foot which is trapped on the Maya side, to take this one foot and put both feet in the spiritual world. And in all these common denominators, one final one which is the most important is our connection to Srila Prabhupada, Guru. That bridge, if it is not there, we cannot lift this one foot to put both feet planted in the spiritual sky. And to understand the, the value and the importance of our connection to Srila Prabhupada, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the Brihat Bhagavata Murta. Brihat Bhagavata Murta is an interesting book by Sanatan Goswami where it was spoken just after the 12 cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam were spoken by Shukadev Goswami. He had left the scene. Uh, Parikshit Maharaj was waiting for Takshak to come and bite him to be liberated. He was fearless, he was in ecstasy. But before that happened, his mother, Mother Uttara, came running to him. Now, very difficult situation where she's actually faced with the son about to die. But being so exalted, she says, give me the essence of what you've heard. Seven days almost done. Parikshit Maharaj had no time to actually repeat the whole Bhagavatam, so he had to give a very brief summary of what she heard. And the Brihad Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam Murta contains that essence. It's got two parts. The first part is where Narada Muni is going on a journey to find who's the greatest recipient of Lord Krishna's mercy. 
he goes sees a brahmana and then brahmana is worshiping shaligram shila and he's saying oh dear brahmana you're so fortunate you you you're the greatest recipient of lord krishna's mercy the brahmana says no i'm just a simple brahmana i'm just what am i doing just worshiping shila i got no opulence i wish i could do more then he says in all humility he says if you want to know more if you want to really know who is the greatest recipient of lord krishna's mercy you go to such and such a king in south india he actually worships the lord with great opulence narada muni goes there narada muni goes there and then he sees this king worshiping with great opulence he says oh dear king you are the greatest recipient of lord krishna's mercy the king says no 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 it's not me you know i'm in all humility really i'm just a king of one kingdom here in one country if you really want to see great opulence go higher to swargalok go and see krishna worshiping uh, sorry uh, indra worshiping indra is in charge of he's the king of heavens he's got such great opulent worship of the lord narada muni goes to indra and he sees indra actually worshiping with great opulence and says oh dear indra you are the greatest recipient of krishna's mercy indra again says oh my dear narada how can you say that remember the gordan lila i was trying to be displaying my my pride and all that krishna smashed me how can i be the greatest recipient of that mercy okay and then we got that parijata tree i had to i was so attached to that tree i fought with krishna how can you say i'm the greatest recipient of krishna's mercy if you really want to know who's the greatest recipient of krishna's mercy go to lord brahma narada muni goes to lord brahma lord brahma is narada muni's father oh my dear father i have been told you are the greatest recipient of uh, krishna's mercy brahma says my dear son you haven't learned much hmm? i'm just creator of one universe there are many many universes okay and i'm in the material kingdom if you really want to know who's the greatest recipient of krishna's mercy go beyond this material coverings go to lord shiva narada muni goes to lord shiva okay lord shiva again takes humble position and says no 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 it's not me really if you want to know who's greater it's the residence of vaikuntha and mother parvati who's next to lord shiva she glorifies lakshmi and she says lakshmi and the residents of vaikuntha are the greatest recipient of lord krishna's mercy and just about when narada muni was about to go to vaikuntha lord shiva says hang on you don't have to go that far there's someone who is far greater than the residents of vaikuntha it is pralad he is now living in sutala go there and i'll tell you why he is greater than the residents of vaikuntha and why is the greatest recipient of lord krishna's mercy no one has gone through the trials the tribulations the torture that pralad went through and how he was so surrendered to krishna and there's something else then lord shiva opens up little bit about the past time of bali maharaj and vamana dev in that we know where bali maharaj promised three steps of land but he gave only two 
First step, Vamanadev covered the whole earth. Second step, he covered the whole material universe. Third step, where to put on the head. So really, the promise of three steps of land was not fulfilled, only two, right? So in that sense, Lord Shiva says, Bali Maharaj was such a great offender. He didn't, he's a Brahmana, he didn't fulfill that promise. Bali Maharaj is a demon. He changed the whole, he conquered the whole universe. He changed the whole structure. Right? In the sense that what Lord Brahma says, you know, in the higher planets, the demigods would be situated, ruling, and the lower planets, there would be the demons ruling. But Bali Maharaj changed the whole lot. He put the demons on top. So he's another offender there. Okay. So for all these offences, he should really be given some harsh punishment. But the Lord actually, Vamanadev, was so, so extremely merciful to Bali Maharaj. He was so merciful in the sense that the Lord said, Bali Maharaj, you go to Sutalalog, you stay there, my Sudarshan will protect your Sutalalog. And I personally will stand there as your doorman, protecting your Sutalalog. And why such great mercy for such a great offender? It's because Bali Maharaj is Prahlad Maharaj's grandson. Simply because Bali Maharaj is connected to Prahlad Maharaj in that, in that way, he got such causeless mercy. Therefore, we are connected to Srila Prabhupada some of us are direct disciples, some of us are grand disciples, some of us are great grand disciples. But the fact is, simply because we are connected to Srila Prabhupada, we know we are going to get that mercy. But it doesn't mean we just rely on causeless mercy. We have to practice, we have to do our sadhana properly. Prabhupada, in Los Angeles, in one of his lectures, he, he made a bold declaration. He told the devotees there, he says, just follow the four regulative principles, chant Hare Krishna, you will go back to Godhead. He says, I guarantee it. He paused, he looked around and he repeated, I guarantee it. Prabhupada has given us a personal guarantee. All we need to do is follow the four regulative principles, chant Hare Krishna. Just like any guarantee, so that the guarantee is not voided, we have to do our part to actually maintain the terms and conditions of the guarantee. Right? So, in conclusion, Prabhupada's guru, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, in fact, he said, 
don't try to see god act in a way that god will want to see you hari krishna questions comments yeah Hare Krishna thank you very much Prabhuji for the lecture and my question would be uh, about the senses so Krishna gave us senses uh, not for nothing and we use, we need to use them and out of all the senses which one do we need to cherish to look after uh, just to progress in krishna consciousness which one is the most important one thank you the question is uh, i think they would have heard okay the question is which one of the senses that we should look after one we got to look after all the senses but the mind that's where the problem is hiranyakashipu he conquered everything in the material universe except his mind right pralad maharaj he had total control of his mind and his senses okay and we know the analogy about the chariot in the upanishads where we got the five horses rep- representing the wild senses and then the reins where the charioteer is holding the reins and there's a passenger on the chariot right so okay the wild sen- the wild horses the five horses represent the senses what does the string the reins represent mind okay and the charioteer the chariot driver who's holding the reins represents intelligence okay and the passenger symbolizes soul and the whole chariot is the body right so we got to use our intelligence to control the mind to control the senses does it answer your question and out of the senses the most important one is hearing yes hearing and prabhupad says in different places uh, um, he says like the tongue you know where we are tasting with the tongue is is was there was seven mukhe jeevadoy um we got to control the tongue he says okay but hearing yes because only when we hear then it works at the subconscious to actually allow the mind to be pacified Hare Krishna Krantaraj Shri Bhagavatam ki Srila Prabhupada ki jai